The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to In the Psychologist's Chair with host Dr. Raymond Hamden. Our program will feature an application update in the psychology of everyday life. Now, here is your host, Dr. Raymond Hamden. Hi, everyone. We're in the psychologist's chair today with Victoria Wilson Barasio, actress and screenwriter with a special message. I'm Dr. Raymond Hamden. We're going to be starting the show right now. Victoria, welcome, and thank you for being in the psychologist's chair. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Raymond. You're an actress. I am an actress. You are a screenwriter. I am a screenwriter. You're not old enough. How old are you? Oh, I'm older than you think. (laughs) How old are you? I'm just 30. Just 30. You're starting off your life with a lot of excitement. As a matter of fact, one of your screenwriting experience has just been placed in Cannes. Yes, the Cannes it, Film Festival. It has indeed, yeah. Um, it's a film called Halfway. Um, it's a film that for I For us Americans, that's called Halfway. 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 <laughs> but thank you for the European pronunciation. It's no problem. Halfway. <laughs> um, it's a film that I wrote um, about a year ago now, and I produced it. It was a short film that we shot in one room in one day, and it was submitted to Abu Dhabi Film Festival, and it got in, and it has just been submitted to Canvas Film it. Festival, and it got in. What was the theme? The theme is about um, it's purely set in one location over a dinner table. Um, a husband comes in and meets his wife from work. She has absolutely everything in life, absolutely everything. Um, he is an Arab guy from um, the Middle East, um, and she is a British girl. And it's about... Is she a British girl from the UK? British girl from the UK, Okay. yes. And she is really contemplating her life in the sense that she has everything but... Something is not quite right. And the main message of the film is that it's about compromise, about meeting each other halfway, because something is not working in their life. Um, Culturally, there needs to be a compromise from both sides, and they need to decide a a, a different path forward as they have hit um, a point in their relationship where things aren't working anymore. So it's going to be a compromise from both sides. The setting is in their home. Yes. Is there a country setting for that as well, or could it be anywhere? It was actually set in the Emirates, in Dubai. So you deliberately had this as an Emirati Arab. Yes. Married to a British girl from the United Kingdom. Yes. Because there are British who live all over the world, as there are Americans who do. Yeah. Did she ever have any cross-cultural experiences before this marriage? No, she didn't. Where did you get this storyline from? 
um, I just invented it in my head from, from uh, as a writer, you observe a lot and you speak to many people and you're influenced from your surroundings and the people around you and what you're observing, uh, especially myself, I'm very interested in, in people and people's relationships and why people succeed um, and, and fall down, why things work, why things don't work in life, obstacles that people face, why people face these obstacles and how they manage to overcome these obstacles um, and actually how people really face head-on that maybe there is a problem in their life. A lot of people associate psychology with Sigmund Freud, who is a physician, a neurologist, who began this concept of psychoanalysis, psychiatry, that became psychology later. Yeah. Interestingly, all he did was give a vocabulary and a scientific thought process to what Shakespeare had already done and what Plato had already done. These people were great philosophers and observers of human nature. Plato would be more of the social psychologist today, where Shakespeare would be more of the individual observer of psychology. You as a person in the media, and particularly stage and film, are doing exactly the same thing. You're observing people, but interestingly, you don't have the academic psychology background, you have the experiential psychology background. Your background is actually in a medical field, isn't it? It is indeed. You were doing what before you went into this field? (laughs) I'm a dental hygiene therapist. A dental hygiene therapist. (laughs) So tell me about your observations. What enabled you to be such a sensitive human being to observing human nature and then being able to write it down to give a message to people? Let's start with the first one. One thing that fascinates me um, just generally as a person in life is people's reasons for how they react to to anything. Um, it's very easy to judge in the moment. Somebody's reaction to something, their opinion on something, but it all comes from somewhere. Um, it, it, it may be their opinion. It may not be your opinion, but there's a reason for it being their opinion. Did you and learn this at home with your mom and dad? <laughs> Maybe, yes, I guess. Well, probably <laughs> you did. Do you have any siblings? No, I don't. I'm You're an only child. child. Yes. And an only child in a home with mom and dad. What did dad do for a living? Um, dad was a money broker um, um, in the city of London. And then we actually moved to Tokyo um, in Japan. Well, we cannot blame him for Wall Street then. Uh, no, What no. about mom? <laughs> um, mom works in the dental field as well. Also? Yes. She coordinates lectures um, for dentists and works with a specialist periodontist. Who, so she's yeah. she's an educational person in the field of dentistry. Then. Yes, she is. That makes everybody know why you have to brush your teeth Absolutely. for seven minutes three Absolutely. times a day or whatever that my daughter is <laughs> telling us I'm supposed to do now with the few teeth that I have left. <laughs> so you learned to be sensitive to people's behavior. Yes. Let's look back at your childhood. My childhood. What was that about? Did you have to learn to be sensitive to Uh, people's behavior? I think I was always um, a very sensitive person. 
Um, being an only child, um, I, was, I had a very fortunate upbringing, um, but I was actually very shy. And my mother sent me to speech and drama class at the age of five to try and get me to come out of my shell and stand up for myself. And being a sensitive person, um, I was very much in tune with my surroundings, people, very influenced by people around me and affected by different forces around me. Um, and as, as you grow up naturally, you become more aware of 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 certain forces of of certain people and i guess i looked into why and and into the people and again further into acting you always relate to the why it's not unusual to find that actors are shy in their real everyday life i think so yeah. so what happens to victoria wilson when she picks up a script what happens to me yeah you pick up a script Yes. What happens to that shy little Victoria? <laughs> well, the shy Victoria isn't as shy as she used to be. <laughs> no, but what happens when she picks up the script? <laughs> when she picks up the script, she takes on the role of the character. She reads the script. She envisage, envisages the script, um, the people, the, the visuals around the screenplay. And she's actually not Victoria. Um, she takes elements from Victoria, but she is also true to the character in the film that she, she's reading. And she depicts how she believes this character should be in conjunction with speaking to the director and their visuals and the writer and what they, they also envisage for the film. So as an actress, um, you always take elements of yourself or maybe elements that other people don't even realize or un unaware about, about, about me as Victoria. But I will use elements of myself in a film to a point, but I won't be playing Victoria. I will have different reasons for reactions to things that are said as, say, Mary from a film. Was that a perfect film piece for you, Mary, from a film? Uh, just the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> well, let's, let's go into your head a little bit more. <laughs> and what was the most amazing part that you ever played? Um, the most, the deepest, probably most, detached part that I've played from myself, Victoria. When I first went to acting class, one of the the things that my acting teacher would say to me would be that, Victoria, you need more anger. I need to see more anger in you. And naturally, I don't have that aggression in me. So it was a case of needing to source that. Um, as an actress, the versatility of what you can bring to the table is your tool. You mean and you've never been angry? I have been angry, but how I, do you manifest your anger? Um, I would sit down and talk. I don't have a natural aggression. I was once taken to kickboxing, and naturally, for me, kickboxing and punching isn't something that I aspire to or can find within myself. You don't need it. 
<laughs> yes, but as an actress, you need to have these different tools that you can bring to the okay. table. Okay, so does that mean that we're going to be talking about method acting right now? <laughs> Not necessarily method acting, but going back to my, my most challenging role, I was the wife, um, a pregnant lady at the time, of a paedophile. And she was disgusting. She was, she hated herself. She was, I, as Victoria, when people see her on, on camera, they don't recognize me. So it was a real achievement for me to have fulfilled this role because it allowed me to, to realize and also other people around me to realize the pool that I can access within, within my craft. I, the way I spoke, the way my voice was, the way I reacted to this disgusting character that I was confronted with. So I think definitely by far that was the deepest, darkest place I ever had to go to imagining this. I'm not a method actress. I don't live, breathe everything that this character would do to embody this character, to encompass the elements of this character. Yet I imagine, I really imagine, but I don't, I don't detach myself from my life as Victoria. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Dr. Raymond Hamden and you're in the psychologist's chair. the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com want to hear about what's going on in the world of fashion beauty gossip and politics then you'll want to tune in every wednesday to the voice america variety channel Face Forward with entrepreneur and beauty consultant Sarah McNamara is honest talk, great guests, and a cool vibe with a lot of fun. Sarah and her guy Friday, Anthony, will turn you on to what's hot and what's not. This is a radio show custom made for you. Tune in to Face Forward, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in the East, 11 a.m. in the West on Voice America Variety. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to In the Psychologist's Chair with Dr. Raymond Hamden. 
We'd love to hear from you via email at info at inthepsychologistchair.info. That email address again is info at inthepsychologistchair.info. Now, back to Dr. Raymond Hamden. I'm Dr. Raymond Hamden, and you're back in the psychologist chair with Victoria Wilson Barasio, actress and screenwriter. We're here in Dubai recording this. Now, Victoria is a very polished actress and screenwriter from the United Kingdom, who's been living in the United Arab Emirates now for how long? Nearly six years. And you've recently found that one of the films that you wrote is going to be aired at Cannes Film Festival. It is indeed. How exciting. It's very exciting. I was really pleased to receive a WhatsApp from my director um, yesterday evening to say that we had been successful. And yes, it was competing under the United Arab Emirates section for um, the competition in Cannes. So an international film. An international bravo, film. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Thank you so much. Congratulations to you. <laughs> Thank and you. mabruk. Thank you. Shukran. <laughs> which is the Arabic version of Muzzle Tov, or congratulations, <laughs> whichever you wish. The fact is that people go into a profession because of their personalities. Now, you emulated your mom, who was in the dentistry business, but as an educator you actually became a dental hygienist. Yes. Your dad wasn't in either one of those fields. No, he is actually now an audiologist. Is he? Yes. You're all working with the head in some way. Anywhere from the head up, from the neck up, you're covered in my, in my family. <laughs> the acting, though. I'm going to go back to that, and I'm going to really push you on this one. Yeah. Why acting? Why the media? Why screenwriting? For me, it's about the imagination, um, from escaping, um, from the day-to-day life, from allowing, through my work, to touch people and, and make a difference and make people really feel and, and learn and, and see and empathize with other people on the screen. It's a way of accessing, yeah, many people through the media um, to spread a message or a word. Um, hence, I got in, in more involved in, in screenwriting because I wanted to really be part of the process of not just appearing as the actress on the screen, but really being part of film, um, any, any type of media, really, that is going to make a difference um, on, a, on a particular subject. The one that's going to be played in Kansas, halfway. For translation oh. purposes, it's halfway. <laughs> now, let's look at where you're going with that. That actually has a serious sexual connotation. Yes. Pregnant woman with a pedophile husband. Um, yeah, that, well, that was actually a, a, another film. Um, but Halfway is about um, a, a guy, an Emirati guy. Okay, so yeah. the Halfway was the Emirati guy yeah. and the British wife. Yes, exactly. Now, where did, where did the pedophile thing with the pregnant wife come in? Which film was that? Oh, that was a, a short screen. That you did? Yeah. Um, I didn't write this. 
um, somebody else wrote this. And you acted in it. Yes, okay. but it was more of a, a scene. Let's go back to yeah. to the halfway piece. Yeah. How many minutes is that? That is five minutes. Five minutes, and so much is said in five minutes. Absolutely. What do you do in your head that enables you to get so much information out in only 300 seconds? I, um, I go to the person and their thought process um, and the subtleties and the reactions to what is said. Because in film, the unspoken is probably sometimes the most powerful. The reaction, what's going on behind the eyes to something that has been said by the other character and the tension that you can build up in the nonverbal. Jamel Abul Hassan is a composer of music, much like Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, Schumann, and many of the other famous musicians and composers of music. They're able to hear a complete orchestration in their head that is brand new, not one that's ever been done before. That composition of a 64-piece orchestra or a 16-piece band is inside their head manifesting itself on a score that they can hear. Does that sound similar to what goes on in your head as a visual arts expert in screenwriting, acting, and now even directing? Yes, absolutely. Talk about that. Um, for me, it's about the flow of the emotions. When you're writing, um, the compilation of emotions from the different characters involved in the scene, the environment around, the visuals around, um, the, the, the sounds of the environment around the situation and the scene, the colors. When I'm writing, I visualize and hear everything that is going down on the paper um, to the point there needs to always be a pull. And for me, when I've written a scene, if at the end of the scene, I don't feel there is enough of a pull into the next scene, then that scene has failed for me. So I will go back and revisualize and rehear what is going on and emote and feel. So yes, I guess it is a comparison to the way that um, a musician will write. Um, and this part of me, I've, I, I've not really spoken about before, but um, I am not the pianist that I would like to be. But I, I, I feel a lot when I play when I play the piano, um, and throughout my education, I was a musician in the sense I played the recorder through to grade eight, um, and I did a, my GCSE uh, music. And one of the, the the necessary parts of this was I had to compose. Um, and I guess now that we're speaking about it, 
I've been very influenced by my musical background in emoting and feeling. I can sit down and play the piano and compose something depending on how I'm feeling. To watch you right now is my good fortune because those who are listening to this as a radio show cannot see the passion and the compassion of your body language when you're describing this. It's almost like you've gone into an astral projection in an altered state, and you're actually living what you're talking about. And it's wonderful to see that. And when this program becomes televised, I'm going to definitely have you come back so (laughs) everyone can appreciate your sensory integration. You're able to take all those senses that are part of the human body and add to it the psychological cues from your environment and place all of this together. Your head is just brilliantly working like a computer. And this is a gift, if I might be so unpsychological in using that term, (laughs) that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't have that gift where your brain cells are able to emesh all that information together. But you started off in dentistry anyway. Yes. When did you realize that you actually had this gift for sensory integration and you applied it to media? Um, Deep down in my heart um, and in my body, I always, always wanted to be in the arts. Um, But there's a a huge part of me um, that also, I guess, yeah, make a difference through what I do loves helping people um and there is part of me that loves science um and becoming a dental hygiene therapist was the path that i chose to take to actually then allow myself to continue to fulfill my arts because it would give me a profession to fall back on the fact is that people do go into the professions that they choose because of their personalities And there's a message that is to be given. What was the message in Halfway? What did people need to get from that to make their lives better? Um, That there's a time and a place um, that that your lives can intertwine together and things can, can flow smoothly. But at various obstacles along the way, you do reach a conflict, and it's a case of compromise. You need to compromise in life. You've mentioned that word compromise a couple of times in the last segment, and we're going to probably look into that a little bit more. In a relationship, regardless of whether it's cross-cultural, if it's love, if it's arranged marriage, people do need to come to a definition where they can learn to communicate effectively, get to the understanding of each other by first knowing themselves, and reach that mutual cooperation in the relationship, regardless of what culture they both come from or the different cultures that now they're going to be sharing. I'm Dr. Raymond Hamden. You're in the psychologist chair. We're going to be back with Victoria wilson Barasio, actress and screenwriter, in just a few moments.
Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and is the co-founder of BR Public Relations, who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to The Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to in the psychologist chair with dr raymond hamden we'd love to hear from you via email at info at in the psychologist chair dot info that email address again is info at inthepsychologistchair.info. Now, back to Dr. Raymond Hamden. In the Psychologist Chair with Victoria Wilson Barasio. Here in Dubai, we're doing today's program and it's pre recorded. She is an actress and a screenwriter who has a very clear message in her writings and the films that she acts in, as well as now directs, like The Hidden Reason. Let's talk about The Hidden Reason, which is your newest writing. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, The Hidden Reason is a short film. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Ten minutes longer than the halfway. Yes. (laughs) Um, And it's a short film that I wrote. Um with the main message um, about um, women that have suffered emotional and psychological abuse, knowing that they are not on their own and there is help out there. That is the main message of the film. Your first film, Halfway, had a message about marriage. Yes. And how marriages need to learn to communicate effectively come to an understanding, regardless of their cultural upbringing, but to look for the human connectedness that is shared by all humans, regardless of the culture from where they come, reaching such things as mutual cooperation. Then you did an acting part about a pregnant wife of a pedophile. What was the message behind that, and why did you choose to take that part? 
Um, of course, I had a choice in taking it, but it was kind of forced on me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can't uh, wait to hear this one. <laughs> I think because it was so far from what I'd, I'd, I'd fulfilled on, on any role before, um, my acting coach at the time believed this would be a challenge for me. So, yes, I, um, I took on this role. Um, and, yeah, it was a huge challenge. Um, and I, I hope to say and I, I believe from, from my feedback that I su successfully fulfilled this role. How long was that piece? Oh, it was about a five-minute scene. Also? Yes. But was the whole take of the show itself five minutes or just your particular part was five minutes? My particular part was five minutes. What was the message of the whole movie that was being done? Um, well, it was actually for a stage production, but we chose to use the scenes and film the scenes um, to give a feeling for what this stage production actually would be like. Um, I, I guess the main message of the scene was that, you know, the, the irony was that this man, who was this paedophile, was so vile and disgusting that we wanted to hate we wanted to hate him so much but actually she his wife ended up hating herself beyond belief for loving him she was more more disgusted by herself than than probably he ever felt for him how disgusting and what he was doing. So, what was her character like? What was she, she was about? Dirty. She was, she was, you know, very messy in her appearance. She was gruff. She was, she was not ladylike in any way, um, and she was broken, completely broken, by the thought she was pregnant. And she loved this man. She really loved this man, and she was so disgusted by the fact that she loved this man. How did she find out he was a pedophile? She was in denial. She knew all along, but she just wanted to plead and with her, with him, and and believe that he was not going to do it again. But he kept doing it again. How accurate do you believe that the psychological and sociological implications were? in that piece that you did, compared to the many other movies, including Citizen X, that was done many years ago, about the same story. Mm. And other many, many films that are done today about that where psychologists are brought in to consult on those films. You've done a lot of research, not only for the characters that you're gonna play, but also on the psychological implications of the movie itself for the film that you're gonna be doing or the stage play that you're participating in. Mm. You seem to have an interest in those sexual deviations and exposing them for the benefit of people to learn that they don't have to live with them. Absolutely. Where is your research today? Where is that taking you today? Do you believe that the film that you acted in as the pregnant, roughy type of a housewife with a pedophile husband was accurately depicted then? Um, I would like to say that um, whenever I take on a role, I really look at the depth and bring to life 
the reality of how that is. Are directors accepting of your own research, or do they insist um, on you acting the way they want you to? That is, you know, um, a very, you know, I think a, a point that you've brought up that, yeah, m maybe not all directors are so aware of that I've worked with the psychology, um, really, really realizing the importance of the psychology when you're depicting a character. And, but then there are a lot of directors that are fully aware of this, but I'd like to think and believe that, yes, it's an amalgamation that maybe isn't wholly infiltrated in, in the, the film industry now, but that is something that should definitely exist in film um, now and, and throughout the future, um, as it's so relevant to what we do. You seem to have a vast interest in multidisciplinary understanding yeah. of the films that you're writing, the films that you're doing, and the people whom you engage into this. Absolutely. You are like an orchestra director who has a lot of instruments that are being played to make a beautiful piece of music, as will be the hidden reason, your latest writing. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, going... Actually, let's talk about it a lot more. <laughs> well, um, this story, um, as a writer, many... You're influenced, obviously, by, by your surroundings, by people, um, about stories of past experiences with friends, family, etc. And this was, yeah, influenced. This, the main thread from, from a story um, that did exist. However, it's completely fictional. It is not a true story. But I was influenced by elements of, of my surroundings that I... It's not a true story for you. But it is a true story for hundreds of thousands of other people. Absolutely. And that's, if not millions. And that's, I think, the poignant thing about the film, that there will be so many people out there. It's about a woman who's an adult child of an abusive history. Yes. Now that she's an adult, her childhood experiences in an abusive home are affecting the way she thinks, feels, and behaves not just in relationships, yes, but in other areas of her daily balance. Absolutely. Tell us about the character. She was born into um, a family in the UK. Um, her mother was this beautiful, beautiful, soulful, gorgeous, compassionate mother. And her father was a very controlling good-looking, respectable man that controlled the mother um, in the most subtle ways. Not physically, but through psychology and the way that he would speak to her or just the simplicity of his actions and his looks. Um, the mother gradually over time lost this flower of beauty that she that was her blossom that um, the main character has the memory of 
and slowly over time she was really broken down. She lost her sense of being to the point that she was so desperate and distraught she could not live anymore. And the mother actually chose to take her own life through the main character's life. She obviously witnessed this. She was so profoundly affected by what has happened, had happened to her mother, that she then took it on her, on her, on board for herself to, to try and prevent, after being a witness of what had happened to her mother, other women from suffering, how her mother has suffered. Her mother didn't realize there was a way out. She was so completely engulfed by this cloud of her husband not being able to breathe that she was so desperate she lost all sense of hope so he emotionally imprisoned her she was an emotional hostage absolutely a beautiful woman with a lovely daughter who was actually a hostage yeah absolutely when we come back we're going to talk about the daughter who you write about Yes. in this film that you wrote, The Hidden Reason. The Hidden Reason will hopefully be another Cannes Film Festival production. And many more. And I hope it will spread the message throughout the world through associations. Um, well, you certainly are getting a lot of support from around the world, aren't you? So far, Touch wood, yes. I've had a lot of interest from associations. United Nations have expressed an interest. A lot of different psychological societies as well. Victoria, there are people in the world that will want to find out about a lot of things that you're up to. What is your contact? Um, well, my website is www.victoriaboracio.com um, and my email address is info at victoriaboracio.com that's b-o-r-a-s-i-o um, and I look forward to hearing from people I'm Dr. Raymond Hamden we're in the psychologist chair with Victoria Wilson Boracio actress screenwriter we'll be back the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Women make up more than half of the country's workforce. Companies that have women on the board generally set the pace and outperform other companies in the same industries. So why aren't we using the power of voice and choice to move ahead? Tune in to The Awe Factor, Advancing Women Everywhere, with host Carol Cicino. You'll hear from the business and thought leaders that took chances and made a difference. Listen as they share their stories with Carol every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What is Take Two? 
Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take two. We'll go back, way back to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to In the Psychologist Chair with Dr. Raymond Hamden. We'd love to hear from you via email at info at inthepsychologistchair.info. That email address again is info at inthepsychologistchair.info. Now, back to Dr. Raymond Hamden. We're in the psychologist chair with Victoria Wilson Baracio, actress and screenwriter. I'm Dr. Raymond Hamden, and this is the last segment of today's show. Victoria, we're going to get right to the point. You have a real message to give a lot of people around the world, not just women who have been abused, but also young people who grew up in abuse homes and what it's like for them to be adults. Yes. So the adult children of dysfunctional families, where there's that fear of being rejected, abandoned, neglected, And in 15 minutes, you show how a young, intelligent woman progresses through her young adult life to recover from the damage experienced of a beautiful, suicidal mother who is oppressed, emotionally imprisoned, and psychologically victimized by this young girl's father. Yes. So, yeah, um, moving on to when she's an adult, she is so affected by her her childhood and she cannot, cannot forget what has happened to her. And her mission in life really now is to prevent women like her mother from suffering how she saw her own mother suffer. And without really realising She has never come to terms with what has happened as a result and how her mother's suffering has affected her. So she carries on her life fighting for women like her mother, as a journalist actually, trying to spread the word and the message about knowing that there is support out there and about exploiting people like her father, who was this emotional and psychological abuser. Through the film, we see this extremely confident girl who is beautiful, stunning, completely in control of everything that people would look up to and think, wow, nothing could touch this lady. She's incredible. Um, She has it all. Yet deep down the irony is she is probably the most vulnerable person out of everybody. Yet she is so scared to reveal this vulnerability. Um, And through the film we see flashbacks of her reaction now 
back to why maybe she is reacting in this way um, to a certain situation um, through seeing an episode or an event through when she was a child. So she has a lot of flashbacks. She and does. And these flashbacks are the reason for her behavior today. Hence the hidden reason, And yes. you've written that into the script. Absolutely, yeah. And that makes it very, very important for people to identify where they may have also had something similar. Absolutely. And this was not very much of a subtle dysfunctional background. It was more of an obvious dysfunctional background. Yes, but... To Dad, in other words, Dad was clearly an abuser. Mom was clearly a victim. Absolutely. But it was very subtle in the sense that probably nobody out of the family knew about this. Did Mom's behavior in the way that you wrote this look like she was a victim who was not aware of how to get out of the situation? Absolutely. And would people look at this mom in the flashbacks and say, why does she ever say in this situation? Which is the typical thing that people get when they see learned helplessness in victims of abuse. Yeah. I mean, yes, they would think, why would she stay in it? But I think the the most important thing about this film is that so many people that are exposed to this would understand why. And through this film, they get the message that they don't have to stay in it. But they would be able to empathize and recognize. And maybe people that aren't even in this situation that maybe have had a small exposure to a family or to a friend's experience or um, description of something about maybe why they're not that happy about something. They could then empathize and, and relate to this film. The key character in your writing is a young girl who's now is an adult child of that abusive history. Yes. And in which she saw her mother abused. Yes. What kind of abuse did she experience by her father or even mother or anybody else? It was more of a passive abuse of witnessing what was happening to her mother, but in a way she was the secondary victim of this. She became a particular writer herself? Yes, she became a journalist. She's a journalist. Yes, and and through the film, she actually is reluctant to get involved in a relationship for the fear of the man turning out and her being a victim because she she's only known this male figure in her life. So her now father. there's a man in the film. Yes. And he comes in early in the film or halfway through, like about seven minutes into it. And Yes. What happens? She is very reluctant to get into a relationship from how we understand she is speaking to her friend. Um, she doesn't want a man. She's absolutely self-dependent. Because men cannot be trusted as she far as she's concerned with her no. experience. She doesn't want to go or expose herself to that because deep down she's really scared. Yet she convinces herself externally that she doesn't need anything or need a relationship, need a man, but... Deep down, obviously, she really does. And it's not till this extreme character enters her world that's so different from her that she manages to break down some layers, some barriers. And she gradually falls in love with him. But as she becomes more vulnerable, her past chases her. Um, and this is what she's always been scared of, opening up and becoming vulnerable for the fear that she would then weaken 
and she would be then more exposed and more susceptible to what had happened to her mother. And she fears, although it's actually not happening, that he is actually involved in another relationship um, and is fearful of elements seeping into her own relationship now of what has happened to her mother and elements of what her father was like to the point she actually breaks down. And the main message of the film is that whatever you have gone through in your life, it's so important that you you identify and you face this problem deep down and you talk about it. You don't try and cover it up as she did because it will get back to you and it will. you will then be confronting it one day and you will never be true to who you are and the person you are if Victoria you don't face it. Victoria Wilson Barasio, why this theme? Why this theme? I asked first. <laughs> because... Um, I have seen a family break down due to something very similar. A suicide for me um, of, of, a, of a friend that was very close to me and what it did to the family. And no one should ever have to get to that. And I would want to say that this film will help prevent this. Um prevent suicide, hopefully, and allow these women to realize that there is help out there and no one should ever take their life thinking that there isn't anywhere else that they can go to. Victoria Wilson Barasio, thank you for making a difference in the world today I through media. So. I hope so. And thank you for being in the psychologist chair. I'm Dr. Raymond Hamden. We'll see you next week with a very interesting topic again. Victoria, good luck, and let us know about all your films that you're going to be doing. We're going to be looking forward to seeing them at Cannes, Abu Dhabi, New York, Tokyo, and everywhere, making a difference for the good people of this planet. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again for joining us this week for In the Psychologist Chair. Please join Dr. Raymond Hamden for another edition next Tuesday at 9 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we speak again, hope you enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 